If we have to record something, it might as well be this. Ferngully, the last rainforest. I'm Batty. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Raiders Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling, animation, and environmental conservation. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. Today, in honor of Al Gore's In Inconvenient Sequel, we're talking about Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, as the environmental animated movie. Um, does it hold up, question mark, both in terms of as a movie and as a message, or are things more complicated now? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's ask Bojack them. Was I was going to say, <laughs> feels a little Bojacky. <laughs> Tell us more, Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> Animated movies, do they hold up? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> That's basically writers get animated in a nutshell. <laughs> Characters and everything. Elijah Wood. Um, anyway, so Fern Gully, colon, The Last Rainforest. Oh, I'm sorry. Fern, no space, capital G, Gully, colon, The Last Rainforest. Sticking with our motif of spelling out the punctuation of every movie we talk about. <laughs> Especially if it's awkward. Especially if it's awkward. Fern Gully, um, Cole in the Last Rainforest, came out in 1992, which is 25 years ago, which is really hard for me to conceive of. It's not for me because as we're recording this, this weekend is my 20th high school reunion. Aw. Are you going? No. Do people, he- have, do people have high school reunions anymore? I think they did. I, I didn't see much about it, and then it started being a big thing, but... I don't think my high school has ever had reunions. Oh, that's a lie. Someone invited us to like an OSU campus bar where it's 40 bucks to get in for our fifth anniversary. And it was like, no one's going to do that. Anyway, so let's talk about <laughs> Fern Gully. It's, it's going to be more memorable than any reunion, I think. Yes, this is true. You're revisiting this earlier world, this 1992 world when things were... Less complicated, more complicated. When things were looking bad for the environment, and then we turned it around 25 years ago. And now it th- looks like things are pretty pretty good. We're on a good yeah, trajectory here. World is safe now. There's no more endangered animals. Rainforests are saved. Climate change is over. Fern Gully did the trick. Ice caps are completely staying together. Yeah, they're not even, like, not melting. They've been, like, duct taped back together by all the bats and fairies we saved by not cutting down the rainforest. So, so where did Fern Gully come from? <laughs> oh, Fern Gully. This, it's such, like, an animation thing. Um, rewatch. If you've never seen Fern Gully, it's on Netflix as a free thing right now, if you have Netflix. Um, and if you haven't, I would encourage you to watch it. I do like Fern Gully. And like, I like Fern Gully's a good movie, not one that I feel I have to defend like I have to defend Shrek to other people. I think Fern Gully's a good movie and people can see that and recognize it. Chris? What? Yeah, I agree. I I really enjoyed Fern Gully. <laughs> and there was one reason that I saw Fern Gully in the theaters, and that was because... Robin Williams? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bing, give him a treat! <laughs> this is Robin Williams' first Bing, you animated movie. Yes. Um, shortly followed by Aladdin, but I to feel be like fair, 
Go ahead. I mean, I, I this was like practice for Aladdin, I think. I, I was going to say, this is his calling card for, cast me in something better. I dare you. <laughs> um, Fern Gully, the producers had this in mind. They want to do an animated, environmentally oriented movie for a long time. And it took about 10 years to get Fern Gully off the ground, seven of which were just planning. And then The Little Mermaid happened and people went, oh, animated movies are a thing. Let's do that for the 1990s. Um, and so then three years of production, Fern Gully actually came out in 1992. And the animation, I think it's pretty high quality. I think it still stands up. Um, it's one of the only good Fox Animation Studios movies. I, I totally agree. I'm not disagreeing. The the only good one. I'm sorry, lovers of Anastasia. Um, now that's a Disney movie, I guess. Disney owns the rights to that now. Disney owns the rights to the Anastasia animated movie. Yeah. Not just Anastasia as a topic, but Anastasia the animated I movie. I believe so. That's the only one they bought? That's so weird. Well, it's a it's a princess movie. Was, Are we going to get a live action remake of Anastasia? Well, it's on stage right now. It's on Broadway. It's heading for like Broadway. Like a Disney, a Disney musical of yeah. the movie? Yeah. I'm learning so much. So... <laughs> Yeah, so these these studios they created this. Uh, this was also the time of Captain Planet, though, where we yes. where everyone in the world well, could agree that the world needed to help. Before there's propaganda against environmentalism. Right. So back in a purer time when we all knew that climate change was a bad thing, and that maybe chopping down every single tree was a horrible thing, you know, and mm-hmm. over for over. I guess I guess overforestation and just cutting down everything and that pollution was bad and these are the these are the core tenets of the movie. Pollution is bad, humans are bad for the environment. It's humans that are causing things. Humans are responsible for the destruction of the forest. It, it, in my reading I realized that Unlike all the other things that people call a proto-avatar, James Cameron's avatar, not The Last Airbender, um, Fern Gully is probably the closest to actually being Avatar. <laughs> well, they they called Avatar Fern Gully in 3D. Yes. And it is, having rewatched this. <laughs> avatar is Fern Gully. I think they need royalties to do a Fern Gully reboot. Fern Gully? What about um, Reef Gully in honor of the Great Barrier Reef dying? A post... Oh, that can make it more relevant. Yes. I mean, not yes. It's bad the Great Barrier Reef is dead. But... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got it. (laughs) It'd be more pressing because some some of the criticism I've read about this film, as we'll talk about later in our Does the Message Hold Up, um, is this film as pressing because they save everything at the end. Like, okay, everything's fine. We save the environment. Um, versus, like, if the environment were still dying or the movie took place in a dead barrier reef. Let's cross that off our list. It looks like we're fine because the fairies, (laughs) along with some plucky animal friends, have saved the environment. Good night, everybody. Sleep well, America. The what? What? Environment? Environment. Did it sound like I said some weird word? I said environment. Did I not? Invernament. Invernament. Environment. (laughs) 
All right, I'm done doing voices. So, except okay. except my random Robin Williams, which just sounds like me talking energetically. Which is not inaccurate. No, it's not. <laughs> well, so I'm going to do legit this thing, Pilgrim. Time to go over here and do some more random impressions. So about Fern Gully, um, our, our meat and small potatoes today. Let's talk about what actually happens in the movie and this movie as a thing. Do you want to start with our, do you want to have a fanboy minute about Robin Williams as Batty? I don't know if we need a fanboy minute. I think I'm okay. Um, okay. I will say Batty is the one funny thing in Fern Gully. Yes. Um, and that's saying something because Cheech and Chong are in this movie. <laughs> Which I forgot about until I saw the credits. It was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Their first time working together in over six years was voicing the characters in this movie. Yeah, because they they were able to like walk in and record it. Like, you didn't tell me Cheech was in this. You didn't tell me Chung was in this. Hey! <laughs> anyway, uh, the thing that, that struck me as, as we get into the meat and potatoes, I sat and I watched this with Jack. My son, my soon to very soon to be five year old son. And he doesn't like watching things with me. He, as, as I, I said, hey, do you want to watch a movie with me? And he said, Daddy, you can watch a movie and I will sit next to you and I can watch Mickey Mouse on my iPad. <laughs> that, was, that was his nice, like, we could spend time together, but I'm not watching anything you want me to watch. Um, and to be fair, he's been slightly traumatized by most of the things <laughs> that we've watched together from <laughs> boss baby to black cauldron to Kubo and the two strings, which was horrifying. Uh, Excellent, but horrifying months later. You should not have shown me that Kubo movie, daddy <laughs> months later, <laughs> months later, like still oh honestly, like two weeks ago, he was like. You should not have shown me that Kubo movie. He doesn't <laughs> He doesn't want to go to his friend's birthday. His friend is having a Moana birthday. He's like, that lava monster, daddy. I'm not going to that birthday party. She wants to have a Moana-themed oh party. And he's like, ah, I'm out. I'm out. Um, so granted, this is all to say that I do not have a good track record on the things <laughs> that I want my son to watch to be okay emotionally. <laughs> going in I knew I knew that there were going to be some Tim Curry moments mm -hmm. that would probably frighten my child but I thought let's let's go with this and see it but Robin Williams was the one thing that Jack consistently laughed at long way to say that <laughs> I mean he's he's funny like it like, the genie is just crazy in Aladdin, but Batty is the result of, like, experimentation animals for some reason. Um, it has a radio in his brain. I don't really know what the experiment they're trying to do was, but he's Batty, and he gets different radio signals and does different ads and has a rap because it's the 90s. Um, <laughs> My name is Batty. Batty. My logic is erratic. <laughs> Toys in the attic, because that runs with... Frantic. It's just like, like the rhymes are awful in 
in the rap. Like, toys in the attic? Really? What do you... I kind of get the feeling that Batty was not going to have a song, and that Robin Williams came in and said, I want to do a... I want to rap. And they said, yeah, okay. And that's how we get the Batty rap. <laughs> it The Batty rap is so good in just imagery and tone. Um, bad in lyrics, but it's... I just love the... We use this in all of our cosmetics. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just horrifying. And then, get me another animal. <laughs> you know, just like these moments of what is happening, and these red wires, green wires stuck them right through me. Like the one, it's terrifying. The it's one thing that sticks in my brain, I could see that whole sequence in my brain before I even watched it again. I had not seen Fern Gully in years. Years, probably, I would venture to say almost 20 years that, that I've seen Fern Gully. Um, not since I've watched it on VHS. Mm. That's how long it's been. Um, and the fact that I was able to know exactly everything in that whole music video. It's like a music video inside of a show. I mean, the songs are really good in this movie. I would say they're on par with 90s. I want to say 90s. With um, late 90s, early 2000s Disney musical movies. Really? <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. Like, not. I'm not going to put it in the same category of songs as like Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, things like that. Okay. Like, going a little bit later... Like Emperor's New Groove, which I love. Yeah. I get there's not really like a lot of songs in there, but there's a theme song guy and there's a couple songs. Yeah. Um, I think this is on par with that because you get the baddie rap, which as you said, the lyrics not great, but everything else amazing. Um Toxic Love, Tim Curry singing as pollution. Amazing. Oh my gosh. That was so like, good. That is that is a solid thing. Yeah, like if if the only thing Part of Fern Gully you see is going onto YouTube and looking up Toxic Love. Ha, Do that. Ha, ha, ha. 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 Oh. Slime below. <laughs> Slime above. Something, something toxic love. <laughs> That's the song. Yes. It's it's an amazing villain song. It's, um, it's a villain who's just all about the fact that they they made it a love song like something that would be totally okay in rocky horror show you know yes it's it's a rocky horror song about pollution that's that's what it is about how much this smoke demon or this demon who loves chaos and destruction feeds on the unnatural destruction of humans. Like he's he's finally made it. This is the best thing ever because he loves fire and smoke and now the humans have perfected it into this art and he's just in love with this destruction and everything that it just drinking the smoke off of the whole the machine in different areas, but essentially having some RTS or romantic time sessions with yeah. this piece of machinery before he 
makes his way inside deep the machine deep inside the machine just gets in there and goes to town this whole movie like rewatching this as a post college adult post college doubt post college adult I'm doubting my adulthood apparently <laughs> um, it's surprisingly sexual like the 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 Gowana song if I'm gonna eat somebody like this is a weird sassy lizard singing this weirdly sexual song Tone about Loke. eating yeah. people. Uh, and that's also a good song, and I like it. And this, I think this movie made Land of Thousand Dances more famous. Not famous, but more famous. You're right. Like, if, if you grew up in the 90s and have seen Fern Gully as a kid, and you hear the na 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 na. You don't think of the song. You think of the sequence from Ferngully. Right. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have my stick and sing, and we're all gonna dance. And then Krista, the main character, is gonna have that fun, dan- funky dance move. Boom, boom. She she gets down and does that like head down kind of thing. Yeah. She she looks like the '80s, which I don't blame her for well her hair a lot of things happen her hair is the 80s her hair and her outfit her hair her torn clothing she's like this punk rock girl who lives in the rainforest it's like you wandered off some music video from 1980s and now you're here in this 90s film completely confused by walkman she's a manic pixie dream girl (gasps) oh oh no she is like literally She's a literal She's manic pixie dream girl. Literally. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, she's like the incarnation of kids these days with like the hair and like, she's it's like, no, I don't care about the environment. All my clothing is torn. I listen to this crazy music and I don't want to listen to your stories, grandma. Oh, gosh. Uh, I love Krista. I know. And that explains so much about about your love of Krista? Yes, it does. Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Oh. Like so, songs. Like, I <laughs> after after that diatribe, are you still really going to say, like, you're, these songs are not good? You're right. You're, late f- 90s you're fine. You're fine, yes. Yes. I, there is also a Raffi song. Don't forget that Raffi's also in there. What's the Raffi song? The Raffi, where he's singing about, It's raining and da-da. It's raining live. Raffi did that? Yeah, it sounds like Raffi. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's Raffi. Raffi. I'm going to look that up while you keep talking. So, But I do believe it is Raffi. I swear. Okay, well, there's a possibility of a Raffi song. So the songs of Fern Gully are excellent. Um, And this is, again, just Fern Gully. Fern Gully, colon, The Last Rainforest. Um... We're not talking about um, the direct-to-video sequel, Fern Gully 2, um, which, as I understand, is not very environmental and not very good. <laughs> I totally forgot that it existed. Yeah, Raining, yeah. Raining Like Magic by Raffi. Okay, so it's a Raffi song. So we get some... Well, I think that part of why this, this movie, compared to all the other Fox animation movies, has such a high caliber of talent is that a lot of the people working on the movie got paid in a scaled-down fashion because they agreed with the message of the movie. So they agreed to get paid less so they could work on an environmental kids' movie. 
which I support. I'm okay with that. It's just I think that explains the 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 glut of talent in this Fox Animation Studios movie. Well, the hardest working person is Krista and Robin Williams. So if you paid those two people, that's that's okay. Those those are mm-hmm. the people who do the most. Mm-hmm. Um, what if we look at it and we go through the plot of this? and we look at Krista as the main character, what is Ferngully really about? I know we've kind of danced around and went into a couple of small potatoes already, but what 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 is the message of Ferngully as told through the plot? Not what were they trying to say, but what do they end up saying <laughs> through this plot? It's about Krista taking up the mantle of environmentalism. And like... Um, Maggie or Grandma or whatever her name is, um, she's an old 60s hippie as a fairy. She's got the colorful dress and the long hair and the fun stuff. She's all about environmentalism. And her granddaughter, Krista, doesn't care. Like, she's going to these lessons in the tree at the beginning of the movie and not listening to her story about hexes and why we, like, celebrate life and destruction and all these wonderful things. She's like, no, no, I don't care. I just want to go out into the world. And so you get this wonderful opening sequence, which I think is a really good opening sequence with the bow, bow, and the magic of Ferngully's Krista sits around, sits around, flits around. You meet the characters. You see the rules of Ferngully. Yeah, they're fairies. They interact with animals. The animals talk to them. Um, and it's, it's just the world and characters in one, like, quick minute and a half sequence, which is wonderful. It's magical, if you will. Um, and then you see why Krista loves it and wants to be part of this and not care about anything else. And then very quickly you get the the intrusion into this movie. Krista goes above the canopy and sees at a distance the logging that's happening in their Australian rainforest, question mark. <laughs> because there are kangaroos, is that why you're wondering if it's Australian rainforest? No, it's definitely Australia. Like, Zach's license is Australia also. Oh, does it? Because he doesn't yeah. sound like he, he's... He's he's obviously from California. Yeah. Based but he on has an his look. License. It's Australia, I guess. Are there Australian rainforests? I don't know. Yeah. I think they're Australian forests. Anyway, we're in Australia for some reason. Um, and that just makes Reef Gully more fitting, just saying. Continuing on. Um, and so you see like why she loves this, but then you see her encountering this problem, this logging. It's just it's in humans, and she's just curious. She's so innocent and doesn't have any concept of there being danger in this in the world. The message here is, this is what people are like today in the 90s. They're not aware of the danger. And so the movie's about Krista learning to celebrate the powers of life in the rainforest. And she learns to accept that and master her powers. Not all, hashtag not all humans, because Zack is okay. Uh, Zach is very problematic. <laughs> he's problematic, but he's he he gets the message eventually. He's the the Mary Sue, if you will. Yeah, feel their pain. So mm-hmm. Krista, in learning her magic, tries to help a seed grow, and she's unable to do it because she doesn't know how, or she doesn't have the power, or can't tap into that. Yet somehow she does, as a fairy or as somebody with magic, it's not really known which is which, she's able to feel the pain of hurting 
trees. In one sequence, Zach carves Krista's name into the tree. And she's like, what are you doing? This is, what, this is dumb. Don't do this. And then she puts his hand on it and said, can't you feel its pain? And so the fact that these are living things, a tree is not just wood, it's a living thing. Mm-hmm. And see, that's why you kids in the 90s should not go and write your name or the name of a pretty girl that you like into a tree. Or a pretty boy. Or a pretty boy. I think it's clear that Chris is a girl. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it. I'm not I see what, I know what you're saying. Gender. I know I was just being facetious. I'm very sorry. But Jack did have a question. And Jack asked, he's in a why phase. He asks why so many times. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you cannot stop the why. The, Are they justified whys with Fern Gully? Yes. Yes. Okay. So he was asking why... His first question was, why is he small? So Krista meets Zach, and Zach gets zapped by Krista because she tries to save his life, and she shrinks him because she accidentally says, instead of fairy sight, she says fairy size and shrinks him. Yeah. This is one crazy spell where it's like, ah, you said, you said size. So that's how magic works. Like, ah, you said size. I'm sorry. I'm shrinking him. It's a good thing you Aboriginal Australian fairies speak English. Uh. (laughs) Anyway, so he shrinks. And later on, I think a few minutes later, Jack was like, why is he small? Like, well, he she shrunk him. Well, why? Because she was trying to save his life. Why? Because he didn't see that tree was coming down. Why? And I was like, I'm not sure. Like that, I, that's where it was like, okay, yeah, I don't understand why he's in that situation. Because at that point, he's not on his music? Or is he still on his music? I think he was on his Walkman at the time. So I guess that's okay. But then later on... Krista's showing him things and they're swimming together and it gets really romantic very fast. And Jack asks, why are they friends? (laughs) And I stop and I think, I don't know. Like, I don't know why they're friends. And then they and then he kisses her and he's like, why did he kiss her? Why are they kissing? I said, I don't know. I don't know why this scene is happening. Like, I don't know why this is necessary to this plot at all. It's it, I guess, I don't know, it's like trying to establish a rivalry between Zach and the, the male shirtless fairy. Pips. Who's wearing a loincloth. Yeah, Pips. Um, Christian Slater, I believe. Oh, man, really? Ugh. Woof. Um... <laughs> Bad wolf. Um, I don't know. Like, they're... I could buy them becoming friends, but, like, yeah, I feel like the kiss is, like, a shoehorn, like, 90s film trope in there. I agree with Jack on that. Yeah, I was having... That's where I started to feel like 
I don't think this is about what it needs to be about. I mean, yet what she's trying to do is show him the wonder of the natural world. And he's distracted because he's like, I want to have some RTS with you. Mm -hmm. And that just undercuts her message. But also the fact that she's like, look how awesome this stuff is. You weren't really amazed by it in the first place about protecting it because you weren't learning your magic, Krista. I think, well, I, I don't know. I think that's a muddled part of the message here. Like, I think that she was amazed by it and liked it, but took it for granted. I see. That's my interpretation. Cause, or, or it's like all of us with our hometowns. They're only interesting when somebody knew one of your friends from college visits. Like, hey, hmm. I'm going to take you to this place that I never go to because it's suddenly interesting to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I'll take you to this, like... This place where there are um, things floating and there's water. We could totally go there. I have the, totally in line with this and the message of Fern Gully. I've taken so many people to Muir Woods since moving to the California Bay Area. Like, I don't go to Muir Woods on my own anymore. I went once the first time I came out here as a tourist. And ever since then, I'm taking other people to Muir Woods to experience it for the first time. <laughs> I like Muir Woods a lot. I do. I'm glad to go there whenever someone visits me. But I only go when someone is visiting me. So I, I think it, it gets really, really muddy. Also, the fact that it's not that Zach doesn't like the environment. Zach is just dumb. He just doesn't care. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to go spray paint these because this is a summer job. I'm going to go spray paint these things and spray paint an X so that that way they could tear it down. And the fact that he goes to Hexus's tree, because Hexus, this dark spirit, is trapped inside of a tree and accidentally puts an X on it. I I feel yeah. I feel like that's rough. He's trying now, granted, he's trying to spray a bug with spray paint, which is just a total rude. 90s guy thing to do you know my interpretation was that hexus because it's like that evil laugh after that scene when zach walks away my interpretation was that hexus like for some reason knew to make a fly go there to understand how spray paint worked it would make him accidentally spray an x on here but i agree it would have been a better moment and better movie if he had just done it intentionally and it's not like uh-oh there's an x on it because he accidentally put it there because they're cutting down all the trees anyway why would he leave that one there? Yeah. Oh, it's a big tree. I guess we leave big trees. It'd be a better character moment if he had to later own up like, yeah, that was kind of my bad, guys. Right. Yeah, I'm glad to be getting rid of this. Mm-hmm. And then later, what an ugly tree. Yeah, what an ugly tree. This, this world is better without it. And then the leveler their crazy machine, which I don't know if the movie is helped by having a mythical, technologically advanced machine that tears down trees. It's like, we're doing this without crazy technology. We don't need, I guess it's it creates an easy monster to take over. Yeah. 
it's a MacGuffin, and I don't mind it as a MacGuffin because it's in there from the beginning, and it's it gets a cool transformation sequence, both in terms of becoming part of Hexus and then later becoming part of the tree that traps Hexus. Right. It's a symbol, Chris. I understand that. I'm just saying. It just it just seems too much. Eh, I'm fine with it. It's not like Hexus can become flesh and move into and become like move to corporate America and control things from there. It starts influencing things politically. He does become bone. And every so often he kind of like coughs and maybe some smoke comes out of his mouth and he's like, pardon me, excuse me. That would, that would be Ferngully now is him. And Zach is an intern. He's still an intern 25 years later. Um, from a no, 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 job no. To an Rebook, Re- reboot, 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 <laughs> reboot. It's, I'm not doing, I'm not doing a, it's a reboot. It's a remake. It's not a sequel. Or it's Zach's son going to an internship in America. Zach's son, Jack? Yeah, possibly. That works. Or Mac. Or his daughter, because the default isn't always male, and also, you know, we can make it a, a female character, and he could name her his daughter Krista. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I, I solved that really easily. But then who are the fairies? They're like the, the Occupy protesters in the streets of New York? They're not even there. Oh, we, okay. we cut the fairies out. Because, you know, in 2017, fairies can't solve our problems. They barely held up against the one leveler. Okay, offended. Um, no, uh, so here's the movie that you're writing right now, where there's an evil corporate person and one other kind of corporate person who's not really sure about the position. You're writing the movie Michael Clayton. (laughs) Starring Tilda Swinton and George Clooney. (laughs) That's your Fern Gully now. But also plants. (laughs) It's about the Monsanto Corporation. Like, it's about plants. And And genetic engineering. (laughs) And then Batty is, uh, what's-his-face, the, the guy who's that George Clooney goes to rescue. I am Shiva, the god of death. He's off his medication. It's Batty. This is Michael Clayton is Ferngully. <laughs> it's a really good movie. It's not animated, nor is it for kids. But you should watch Michael Clayton, podcast listener, if you haven't before. <laughs> I know I haven't. Uh, first of all, you're missing out. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite movies ever made, including animated movies. <laughs> I was thinking now if we we're doing animated stuff, I think that um you'd probably have to get Patton Oswald in there as as the baddie character. Patton Oswald. Mm. Mm-hmm. Recasting now, I think I'd want Robert Downey Jr. as baddie. Robert Downey Jr. as baddie, really? Yeah. He fits the, the oeuvre of the moment. Of just wisecracking, sarcastic, doesn't want to be here. That's batty. I mean, it's not, it'd be batty now. Yeah. I do like this theme, though, of like, Fern Gully, no! It's like Apocalypse Now. (laughs) My father was lost in this place called Fern Gully. 
<laughs> I have to go find my father. Then it becomes like Tron 2. The horror. Sorry. The horror. Tron colon legacy. <laughs> Fern Gully now colon legacy. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't really have somebody who can embody Hexus like Tim Curry at the moment. I feel like Fern Gully is cemented because of personality so much that yeah, you, would, like, you, you would have to have different characters entirely or have Hexus be multiple people. It's a movie with Dr. Frankenfurter and Genie going up against each other in opposite teams, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I would watch that like uh, baseball movie. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Jeannie, Frankenfurter, pick your teams. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. We're way, <laughs> way off. We're in the outfield now. We're in the left outfield. Chris. You know how what else was left out of Fern Gully? Hmm. I feel like a, a conclusion that... Put the mission onto the viewers. Yes, and that's some of the criticism that's read. So here, let's get into our has the message held up sequence. Yes. Um, it's 25 years later. I think that a, a remake of Fern Gully would be completely pertinent and relevant now. Uh, maybe not in any of the forms that Chris and I have described, but <laughs> <laughs> in some way. Um, and some of the criticisms about Fern Gully are that it it does solve the problems. It kind of says like, okay, we're done now. Environmentalism is a thing, but it's okay. We got it covered. Um, and I think there are other criticisms about the movie that I don't agree with as much. Like some people say it doesn't get too much into the economic capitalism facets of this. And I'm like, well, how would that be interesting in a kid's animated movie? And how would you even tackle that in that particular location? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't agree with that. Um, my personal criticism is like in the modern era, like the baddie being a scientific experiment. Do we have scientific experiments on animals like that now? Or we're implanting chips into, I mean, I know we turned a, like a rat brain into a robot recently. Okay. I just disproved my own point. This does still happen. Okay. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like this, the baddie thing is anti-science read in the modern context. And I don't know if that's just like my gut reaction of like 2017 and fake news and all the stuff we're dealing with now, but it feels anti-science in the modern climate. Mm -hmm. But also I think that rainforests aren't really spoken about very much anymore. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the climate as opposed to stop chopping down trees. I feel like the problem that they were trying to fix isn't the same problem that we're trying to deal with now, which is climate. Mm -hmm. So you'd either have to get Fern Gully's getting cold or Fern Gully's getting way too hot or, you know, something's breaking down. These ecosystems are breaking down and changing and shifting and who what can be done about it but they were they were literally just saying stop chopping down trees 
And if we could save this one little area, it's fine. They didn't go back and say, let's see if we could fix the other area. Let's go plant things in the place where you cut down those trees. They didn't even venture out. They were just like, you know what? Ferngully's safe. I think we're fine. And for counterpoint, <laughs> I think for a kid's animated movie, I'm okay with the message being do your part. Do what you can. Because if you if the message is like this big grand scale thing, yes, that's important, but it doesn't give an actionable item for like an impassioned kid who just saw this movie to like go and accomplish. I mean, this a fern gully is responsible for my kindergarten pre beginning of first I don't know what first period. I don't know, like the announcements in kindergarten, I somehow got in this recycling and like environmentalism. Um, thing and so apparently when I was in kindergarten I would be on the PA every day before school encouraging kids to recycle um, be probably because I saw Fern Gully so I did take an actual item out of Fern Gully as a kid kindergarten yeah <sighs> what nothing my 13 year old self <laughs> <laughs> yes me in kindergarten in 1992 maybe not kindergarten first grade Second grade? First grade? Never, first grade. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think... Um, I, I think you're right. But I think what... It wasn't preachy. And I think that's where it lost a little bit. They, they were so trying to be careful that we didn't preach to people that they didn't end up saying anything. At the end, you have Zach saying, you know... Guys, things have got to change. And that's it. Like, yeah. What things? What change? Exactly. What, Zach? What do we have to do? What's different? We have to change. Like, yeah, now we can't get home because the thing that brought us here is destroyed and is stuck inside of a tree with that demon. How are we getting home? We are trapped here. I love how the, the many producers attribute the moderate success instead of smash success this movie in the 90s to being too environmental but you wouldn't know that until you saw the movie so i think it's just it's not a disney animated movie so yeah. that moderate success right not smash success so i i don't think it has anything to do with the message or the quality of it I yeah i just think that they they could have gone a couple steps further and not been dangerous. They were they were playing it really safe. And I understand that, that, hey, we don't want to get preachy and have a message. But they also didn't have enough for Zach as a character to change or Krista mm -hmm. as a character to change to work in the plot of the movie they made. Yes. So if, I... I was just going to say, so as character-wise, I think it needed more, but they they held back on that because they were afraid of getting pushy message-wise. I think that if in the end the message had been like, we, the fairies of Ferngully, can't travel that far because we're tiny, you, Zach, you're a human, and you have the power to travel far, or at least farther, can you make sure that these trees are planted elsewhere as well? I don't know. It could have been like some kind of slightly preachier. Yeah. And I would have been okay. 
I think it fulfilled a need in 1992. And if we remade this today, it could be preachier. Right. And I think if we saw... They're, they're, they're staring at the tree. If they were active, if at least Zach was active, if he, like, you know, had something... We, we get the plot part of the one seed that he throws into Hexus's mouth and grows. But mm. what if he had like a, a pocket full of seeds? And mm. now he's, now he looks at that. He looks at the field that has been cut down. He looks back at the tree with Hexus. You see him walking towards the, the field and you see him drop a few seeds. And then behind him, as he's walking and planting behind him, you see the Hexus tree and all the fairies watching him. And you mm -hmm. see him down there actively doing something. Yeah. I think that is saying you have to do something. It's not just about, yeah, things have got to change. It's like, yes, you have to change. You have to do something. Do something, Zach. Do something. In the modern, the modern adaptation of Ferdinand beat for beat would just be an ending of Zach going up to the guys and be like, where's my phone? And they've had his phone for some reason. Then he tweets out, things have got to change. End of movie. Hashtag Ferngully. <laughs> Hashtag one planet. Or, you know, something. Saying, yeah, saying things have got to change doesn't mean that things have changed. Right. You, you have to change them. So, Chris. Yes. Did you have a favorite thing or actionable item after having seen <laughs> Ferngully? My favorite thing, besides just Batty in general, was just the Batty moment that made Jack laugh the most, which was, oh, gravity works, and just yes. falls backwards and flops down. It's just, it was so, it's just so out of the... <laughs> It's like, was that an improv? Which you have to assume that it was just an improv line. Like, oh. And then now, oh, great. Now we have to animate the bat falling. Thank you, Robin <laughs> Williams. I love it. That's my runner-up favorite thing. I think my favorite thing is actually Toxic Love yeah. as a sequence. It's, it's a really well-animated song. And it's dark. And Jack spent most of it with his head under the blanket. So... He was like, I know this is scary. I'm putting my head under the blanket. This is too scary, Daddy. Mm -hmm. That's too much, man. <laughs> I mean, he did go into a skeleton and then get zapped with electricity and then turn into a smoke monster. Why is he drinking yeah. smoke? Because that's what he eats. Why? Because he's a monster that likes pollution and smoke. Why? Because that's the way that he was made. Why? I don't know, Jack. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He just is. That's that's the way. That's the way he was made. The new um, theme of writers can animate for the next like year of Jack's life can be Jack finds plot holes. <laughs> I I think it's it's going to be really good because he does ask why, and I think. 
this is one thing that one of the writers, uh, writer emergency pack that says is go through and go through your plot and tell your plot backwards and say, because, and see if everything has a reason, everything has a because for happening. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and I think that's where things could fall apart slightly for, you know, um, Fern Gully. Fern Gully, just a little bit. There's not enough becauses. Yeah. But should we talk about homework time for next time? Let's. For your homework, in light of many things changing towards a more female-centered, um, I guess I would say, focus for, I, and I think it's a good thing. I think it's spoilers. A, spoilers. I think this is a very good time that we have going on. So if for all those people who don't know, you know, in light of things like the 13th Doctor of Doctor Who being a woman and the main... <gasps> I know the main character of the Star Wars films being a woman now and, you know, Ghostbusters and other things happening with Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman being so awesome um, that my wife bought a Wonder Woman toy and she doesn't buy toys, but she's like, I must own this. So I bet that when the 13th Doctor figure comes out, she'll be like, I must own this. <laughs> Um, but in light of that, we're looking at two properties that have gone in on let's tell stories for slash about women. <laughs> it's a good way to put that. <laughs> One is Star Wars Forces of Destiny, which is a series online that you can watch on YouTube. So check it out on YouTube for free. And then the other is DC Superhero Girls. Which is available through the Cartoon Network app, if you have that. I was watching some of that on there. Yes. Um, We're going to compare two different approaches to making versions of a property about slash four women. Yes, or Uh, about slash four girls. Girls, (laughs) girls specifically. So Um, what does that look like? We'll talk about that. Yeah. Discuss. Not right now. Next week. (laughs) Thank you again, Mr. Peanut Butter, for... (laughs) But not now. Next week. Can girls be action stars? I don't know. Let's find out. (laughs) The answer is yes, Mr. Peanut Butter. (laughs) I don't know. Let's find out. (laughs) As always, we do want to say thank you to Nigel Coutinho, our sound engineer, and thank you to Jacob Reed for our theme music. You can find us on Twitter at WG Animated and tell us all about your environmental follies and successes and what you've done in um, reaction to seeing Fern Gully for the first time. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash WG Animated and find all of our, that's a tongue twister, find all of our show notes and links to things we've talked about today um, on our Tumblr, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. And if you're enjoying yourself, leave us a, retu- a, retune, a review on iTunes. 
and tell us how you are saving the environment in your iTunes review. Or quote your favorite lyric from Batty Rap. If there is one. Get me another animal! <laughs> bow, bow. Bow, bow. Yeah, it's really... Bow, bow. Bow, bow. <laughs> bow, bow. I'm going to stop this. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>